Hey, we got the uh, Teal Shirt Report, the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming at you today. And as a special gift to my executive producer, we're going to keep this thing under 30 minutes today. At least this episode, episode show number 49. Let me know what you think. You can always write to me, Scott, at BigJReport.com. For you folks from Spotify, yes, my email address is Scott at BigJReport.com. Hey, thank you for listening in. Episode show number 49. We're going to get after it. I want to talk about three important things with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's make it four. Let's make it four today, okay? We're going to talk about four, maybe the most four. Well, I'm going to say these are very four very important things. Trevor Lawrence, your franchise quarterback. He was drafted back in 2021. Trevor Lawrence signed his contract uh, with the Jaguars. It was back in 2021, I think early July of 2021, after he was drafted in um, late April of 2021. He's now moving into his third year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. His first contract, a rookie contract, um, by all means, but still a guy that was drafted number one, numero uno, number one overall. Um, and you, you can't you can't afford to have one of these picks all the time, a number one overall for the money maybe. But the Jags had two back-to-back, Trayvon, uh, Trayvon uh, Walker, but before that, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence back in – Back somewhere right around early July uh, 2021, Trevor Lawrence signed a deal for $36.9 million approximately, according to information I have chronicled. Um, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence signed, sealed, and delivered back in early July of 2021 after being drafted in late April of 2021. He was drafted by uh, Trent Baalke and then head coach of the Jaguars, Urban Meyer. Lawrence signed his first deal with the Jaguars for $36.9 million. I do know Trevor's had some, you know, endorsement deals too. So, yeah, he's making that and more. However, what is the next deal going to be? Can you imagine the King's ransom that the Jags will have to, Hey, Trevor, this is what we're going to offer you. And it's going to be a big deal. What's uh, you know, what are some of the biggest quarterbacks making in the NFL now, plus the guaranteed money. So this is probably, I'm going to say this is one of the biggest issues facing the Jaguars in the next year or two. Plus, the stadium deal. Right here in Jacksonville, Florida, at Duval, I have taken a look at the renderings of the stadium. It looks like it could be a magnificent and beautiful place. And especially if everything, everything is included in the renderings, you know, once the deal is hammered out and official and they start building it, if they build most everything in the renderings, this is going to be a $2 million, maybe a little bit over $2 million 
in a stadium. When they build the new stadium approximately in 2025, 2026, or at the latest 2027, once they complete it, it'll be, take, hold on for a minute and listen to what I'm getting ready to say. This will be the best, the newest, the best NFL stadium in the league at the moment they build it. And then there'll be somebody else that'll come along and build another one a year, two, three, four years down the road. But this is an opportunity to get the Super Bowl back in Jacksonville. Easily the NFL draft. Easily. Um, it's amazing. I mean, taking a look at the renderings, I'm going to talk more about the stadium, but I do want to salute our sponsors, Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. Remember to contact Larry Saucer. You go to our website at bigjreport.com. Scroll all the way down to our 24 7 uh, North Florida weather info, and you'll find the link for Saucer Realty and Capital. Whether it's home, whether it's home residential, business, or commercial real estate deals, remember Saucer Realty and Capital can handle it for you in North Florida and surrounding areas. Uh, Larry handles a lot of deals. He's sanctioned to do real estate deals in Gainesville, Jacksonville, Lake City, Live Oak, many, many areas in between and a little bit south of this line, too. That's Saucer Realty and Capital. You will absolutely find the link on our website at BigJReport.com. LakeUfallahits.com. Another sponsor, legitimate sponsor, LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. Where it's all good, they have Rock Saturdays on Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights, and much, much more. LakeUfallahits.com, great, absolutely great internet radio where it's all good. If you want to go back and kind of relive the XFL season where the Arlington Renegades won the XFL championship, go to XFLToday.net. That is XFLToday.net. D.D. McDermott, our good friend with Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. He's still putting trips together. Uh, you can call D.D. Let me give you Mr. D.D.'s phone number. I think I know it by heart now, like my executive producer, J.C., does. But um, let me take a sip of this magnificent coffee first. Man, the coffee boy outdid himself this time. We got, we got a mixture. We've got Folgers Black Silk. And out of the can, Maxwell House, can you hear the can here? Out of the can, Maxwell House, good to the last drop, dark roast, dark coffee. And the Folgers Black Silk is dark, dark coffee too. I'm mixing it together, got a, got a pretty good brew. Make sure you call Dee Dee McDermott for your, um, you know, for your uh, trip needs when you're looking to take a trip. You know, he takes uh, top-notch buses um, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You want to get in on one of D.D. McDermott's trips, you need info, you uh, have questions, please call D.D. McDermott, and I will give you I will give you D.D. McDermott's uh, phone number. Bear with me a moment. I'm going to give you D.D. McDermott's phone number. 
For elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment, book future trips by contacting Dee Dee McDermott by phone at 99, I'm sorry, 904-442-3810. Let me double check that phone number again. I felt like I was hitting a digital bump there. You know, where you you hear something like 999, no, not this time, 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810 is the phone number to contact D.D. McDermott or email him at donmcdermott32218 at yahoo.com. Or just better yet, text him or call him. Contact D.D. McDermott to book uh, future trips by contacting D.D. McDermott by phone at 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. The Mad Max Mix. You know, they're getting all the the kinks out of the system. They're working on some technical issues. And, man, when the show sounds good, it's so good because Max plays such great music. The Mad Max Mix, Weebly.com. Be patient with Max. They're putting together some some technical issues uh, to improve the broadcast and keep bringing you those classic rock request music pop classics from years gone by on the Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. Go to our website, BigJReport.com. Scroll the outside the box section. There's an article about Mad Max in there. There's also a link to go to the show on Wednesday nights, 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. The Mad Max Mix can be heard Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights at Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. I like to go to our website, just follow the links, go to bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com, go to the outside the box section, click the link at the, the uh, bottom or conclusion or ending of the article, or go to the Neighbors 2 section near our concert area, and there's a link there as well for the Mad Max Mix. You can hear the Mad Max uh, Mix uh, each Wednesday night at madmaxmix.weebly.com. So we're talking about the football stadium, and let me tell you, I'm I'm a guy that, man, when I watch these videos of something about Jacksonville or our stadium, man, I about tear up. Man, I love this place. I will tell you, I will tell you that the renderings look incredible for a $2 billion stadium. It could They could do it for less than $2 billion or maybe, uh, Now, we're talking about some money here. A little bit less than $2 billion. Think about it. Let it sink in. $2 billion. But you build this thing, and it should be, it should be a 25, 30-year stadium. Take me through the rest of my life and probably most likely yours, too. But it's going to have to be done. It's for the future of the franchise. Um, so doing some research, because I told you I would in the last podcast, I believe I mentioned we were going to try to look more at what they're actually going to do with the stadium. Um, again, the actual building of the stadium is not going to occur until 2025. We've still got two, at least two seasons left before the new stadium would be built approximately in 2025, 2026, or at the latest 2027. It may take a year or perhaps almost two years to build the stadium. So everybody says, well, this is a, you know, essentially, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rebuild. 
Um, you know, you know, some people say uh, a lot of a lot of, and they, and they they've done this many times. Sean Khan has uh, done upgrades to the stadium, renovations, but this is really, I mean, it's renovations, but essentially, this thing is going to be a tear down and rebuild for the most part, like it was the first time uh, back in. You know, back when the Jaguars first got to the team back in 93, the stadium essentially was built, I think, in the last part of 93 and 94. Two of the Georgia-Florida games, Florida-Georgia games, went home and away. Spurrier, man, he put, what did he do? He put 50 points. He hung 50 points on Georgia up in Athens. Now, the reason why Spurrier did that, he said he was getting back at Georgia because Georgia hung 75 on his old coach, Ray Graves, at one point one point in time. What a rivalry. And the new stadium being built, man, there's no way. There's no way that Florida and Georgia would leave this this stadium. $2 billion stadium. Um, Jacksonville's going to have concerts, uh, perhaps the Super Bowl. I know the NFL draft is an, an easy do with a stadium like this. It's going to be incredible. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming Daly's is going to continue to be next door because because the state and I'm, I'm assuming it will. You know, Daly's um, Daly's place they call it right next to the stadium. But but let me tell you, it's incredible the renderings of this uh, new stadium. It's going to have a translucent roof, and all of this stuff is going to be ultra modern. The translucent roof. Basically, sounds like it's retractable, but the translucent roof is actually to keep the fans cooler. There's going to be multiple entertainment spaces that will be inside and a part of this stadium. It's going to be amazing if all this gets funded and executed. This will be an incredible place for football, concerts, the Florida-Georgia game, the Georgia-Florida game, if you will. It's essentially a teardown and rebuild. And one of the coolest things I saw was a translucent roof, um, actually to help keep the fans cooler when the new stadium is built somewhere between 2025 and 2027. Also, uh, as you can imagine, with spending $2 billion dollars, a little more, a little less, probably more. Let's say, let's say it. Let, let's be real about this. It's going to be a little, probably over two two billion dollars. We're not talking about millions. We're talking about billions. Two billion dollars. You have to kind of wrap your mind around that. Essentially, this is a tear down and a rebuild, right in downtown Jacksonville, right here in Duval. The stadium will be sitting in the same location and. Who knows, it may take a little bit more space. Um, there will be, the concourses will be widened. There will be a widened concourse. Um, of course, um, a wider concourse to help alleviate fan congestion, which is a good thing. So, again, the, the key question is, if all this gets funded and executed, whether Sean Khan's pulling a, b a billion dollars out of his wallet. The city of Jacksonville's pulling a $1 billion out of their coffers. This is going to be discussed the next several weeks. 
the next several months. It's going to be really heated during this summer. And the great thing about it is we're going to have football at the stadium. So the Jags are anticipating a really good season. And so when you got the team playing, it's football season or getting close to football season, and it will be football season in September. That's got to help the negotiations. So we'll see what happens with that. The stadium is the number one issue. Trevor Lawrence is probably 1A. You can go back and forth on that. You got to have the stadium to have Trevor Lawrence. You got to have, you almost have to have Trevor Lawrence to have the stadium. Uh, what's the, th- the third thing? Trevor Lawrence, the stadium, and wins and losses. Wins and losses are about third on the docket. Um, the pass rush, we're going to talk a little bit more about the pass rush. I wanted to add a, a name in there. We'll continue with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Coming up, but man, I, I saw the renderings of the stadium. Looks absolutely incredible. I, I looked at it briefly. Now I've I've gone into looking at the renderings, made some notes. The translucent roof, kind of, um, even though I love the outdoor elements, they're going to try to bring you some indoor elements. There's going to be some shading areas where you get extra shade. It was going to be state-of-the-art, built somewhere between 2025 and 2027, translucent roof um, to help the fans stay cooler, especially in those September games, right? And again, if all this gets funded and executed, this will be an absolute state-of-the-art stadium for Jacksonville Jaguars NFL football games, high-end concerts, That's right, multiple entertainment spaces um, that plan to be, you know, in use. That's right, they're going to have multiple, multiple entertainment spaces that, uh, you know, plan to be interactive as well. So it's a lot going on. This will be a state-of-the-art stadium that can host the NFL draft in the future. Super Bowls, Jacksonville would have their their hand in there to have an opportunity to host another Super Bowl, the Georgia-Florida game. Man, they'd be crazy to go home and home with a a venue like this. I mean, they're going to have to go home and and away, home and home in Gainesville and Athens while it's being built, I'm assuming. Um, Georgia-Florida games, the Super Bowl. Jacksonville would have a really legitimate shot of getting another Super Bowl. The NFL draft is a no-brainer. It would be coming with a – this is going to be the state-of-the-art number one. This may be the number one NFL stadium once it's built until somebody until somebody builds another one. So we talked about the stadium, probably number one, Trevor Lawrence 1A. Wins and losses, number two. Number three, well, there's a lot of things that are number three. Wide receivers. The pass rush, we'll talk a little bit more about the pass rush and add a name in there from the last time we talked. We're trying to keep this podcast under 30 minutes. We'll keep it rolling. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast with another quick segment coming up. Stand by and stay tuned. Okay, I'm going to do my best to keep this thing under 30 minutes. Again, congratulations to LSU winning the College Baseball World Series over my Florida Gators, two games to one. We talked about that in the last podcast. 
if you want a lot of length with your podcast, go back to episode show number uh, 48. This is now episode show number 49, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that in the beginning of the first segment, but this is episode show number 49 now of the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. There's a European football league. Uh, it's called ELF. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter, and some of the folks with ELF uh, tweet back and forth with me a little bit. We're going to be learning more about the ELF as time goes on, as we also love to talk about the National Arena League, some of the latest games. I know uh, Dalvin, you know, our good friend uh, Dalvin, uh, who plays, you know, who actually plays Dalvin Stuckey, who plays defensive line for the West Texas Warbirds. They actually won their game on um, Saturday night, July the 1st. Uh, the West Texas Warbirds, this would be considered a bit of an upset, I would think. The West Texas Warbirds, 50. The Carolina Cobras, 41. Zach Brown plays for the Carolina Cobras. Good friend of mine on Facebook. I also uh, am friends with Dalvin Stuckey with the West Texas Warbirds. The West Texas Warbirds got the best of Carolina. And they, they did this on the road in Greensboro, too. This was a road win for the West Texas Warbirds. West Texas Warbirds 50, the Carolina Cobras 41, a final score. Uh, Orlando Predators at the Amway Center. I believe that's Orlando. Orlando Predators 52, the Gunslingers of San Antonio 33. Last game for the Jacksonville Sharks was that Monday night, June 26th game, where the Jacksonville Sharks outscored the Carolina Cobras. The Jacksonville Sharks 61, the Carolina Cobras 52. Man, the Cobras have lost a couple of games back-to-back, -back. and heck, the Albany-New York Empire, they were kicked out of the National Arena League. You probably heard the stories, you know, once a guy's name, the wide receiver used to play for Pittsburgh, play for the Buccaneers. He was part owner of the team, and there were a lot of issues, and the Albany-New York Empire kicked out of the league. I keep hearing rumors they may come back and join another league. I mean, that's a big market up in Albany, up in Albany, New York, in that, that New York market, though. So we'll see what happens in that regard. Going to quickly shift gears to the Southeastern Conference. I saw a very, very good post um, in our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group, and it was done by was actually done by uh, John. Uh, what's the guy's name? John Bash, right? Who's in our Facebook group. He does a lot of Florida Gator posting. want to say hello to Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider. But we got a lot of folks covering and keeping up with the Florida Gators. Myself, Alex Nunry, Lucas Mann, and then we've got our Georgia Bulldog football insider, uh, Mad Max. Uh, JC, our BigJReport.com freelance writer, keeps up with Alabama, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and the SEC Western Division. Uh, he gave us his predictions um, on an earlier podcast a few podcasts ago. So make sure you go back and listen to the older episodes, too. Now, I found this post. Um, I, did, I did find this uh, post that I wanted to tell you about uh, concerning the SEC. In uh, John's post, um, John told me, or posted where, you know, basically, 
everybody could see it about the history of the SEC. And I love this. I love talking about the history of college football, NFL pro football, back when uh, football was was football, of course. And uh, John's a good friend of mine on Facebook. He does a lot of posting uh, Florida Gator stuff, a uh, good friend of ours. And, um, you know, John, John Bass actually lives here in Jacksonville as well. And this was a post by, by uh, Mr. John Bass here in Jacksonville. John Bass uh, said, hey, the SEC was created in 1932. The original 13 teams. I didn't know there was, was an original 13 teams. I knew about Tulane and Georgia Tech, who are no longer in the conference. And I did not know that the Sewanee Tigers, who I think the Florida Gators beat them, the Sewanee Tigers, I think the Florida Gators beat them one year 144 to nothing. That would have been back in probably the the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, long before I was here. Um, so Swanee, to say the least, they're not in the SEC. Neither is uh, Tulane or Georgia Tech, but they've gone on and, you know, had good seasons in, in other conferences. So when I started watching the SEC back in about 1970, there were 10 teams, um, the standard Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, uh, uh, and Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. I remember my dad telling me in the early 1970s, Scott, there's only two teams in the SEC of the 10 teams that have not won the SEC championship. And my dad said, that that is Vanderbilt and us, Florida. Steve Spurrier changed all that in the 90s, though. In the early 90s, right around 1990 is when a couple of teams were added to the SEC to make the to balance it out, to have two divisions, six teams in each division, where there could be a championship game played by the division winners. Florida and Alabama played in the, the early games predominantly. I think Florida and Alabama played in at least the first two, right? And most of the teams have been in it. Vanderbilt's not been in it. Um, I don't believe Kentucky's been in it. Um, and, um, most, you know, but a lot of the teams have. Alabama, Auburn, Georgia's been in the title game. LSU's been there, of course. Uh, even Missouri. Even Missouri has been in the title game. Uh, let's see. South Carolina was added in the early 1990s to kind of balance things out. It was South Carolina and Arkansas. And then a few years later, you had um, uh, Missouri uh, come in along with Arkansas, right? Let's see. You had South Carolina come in in the east. And you had um, Missouri came in the east later after South Carolina did. And then you had... Um, you had Arkansas come in. Yeah, you did have Arkansas come in. Uh, who's the other new Western team? Man, now I'm getting, I'm getting a, a mind block here. Arkansas came in. They were they were in there pretty quickly. Arkansas and uh, South Carolina in the conference, and then Texas A&M came in later. That's what happened. You had Arkansas and South Carolina came in in the early '90s, and then a few years later. You had Texas A&M come in on the western side and, of course, Missouri. So that's how the SEC has been built, now up to 14 teams. Texas and Oklahoma will be coming in in 2024. Hey, that's going to do it 
for this podcast, keeping it under 30 minutes. Uh, what we will do, we'll check North Florida Entertainment and the concerts coming up. We'll do that on the next, the very next podcast, I assure you. We'll take a look at more semi-pro football action on the next podcast. But this is going to wrap up episode show number 49 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, thank you for listening. Oh, and I got to tell you about the pass rushers real quick by the Jaguars, right? So my two my two potential best pass rushers for the Jaguars got to be Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Caleb on chase on. They say he's looking better now, now moving into, I guess is uh, what, what is this for, for Caleb on chase on his fourth year, Caleb on chase on. Um, looks like the coaches are saying he's playing better. Maybe he'll give the Jags another option as a pass rusher. Maybe it's the third guy, Caleb on chase on. And, um, you know, you've got Trayvon Walker. You know, as I mentioned, Josh Allen would be my number one guy. Trayvon Walker, the number two guy. Uh, Kate LeVon Chason would be the number three guy. And then Jordan Smith, if he can come back from the injury. The guy that the Jaguars drafted about three years ago out of UAB. He originally started his college career at Florida and then quickly transferred uh, to UAB. So those are my uh, four potential pass rushers for this season that are all on the Jacksonville Jaguars roster. There's a myriad of pass rushers already on the roster. This has been episode show number 49. Our show has been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC. Also, Alex Nunnery, a producer. Thank you, Alex. And John Gaylor, um, our contributor and supporter. Thank you, John. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 49. Hey, thank you for listening. That is going to conclude episode show number 49A. How about that? We're going to split it up. We're going to have a 49B. So just come back, tune in to the 49A. 49 will continue on the next podcast. A lot of stuff coming up, so uh, keep it right here on the Teal Shirt Report Podcast Network. My name is Scott. Hey, we're working on more of this episode show number 49, but we're going to end it right now. I'm going to call this one episode show number 49A. B will be coming up on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. We're pretty close to 30 minutes, executive producer JC. And you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening.